Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. The Panthers, as the kids would say, are mid. Plus a couple lawsuits that might blow your mind. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending brought to you by Geico. You have a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. The Major League Baseball regular season concluded yesterday, Joe, and with no playoff spots on the line, the field mm-hmm. playoff field had already been set. What better way to end the season than for the Angels to do this? Shohei Atani pitched five innings of one-run ball. Mike Trout hit his 40th home run of the season. Dot, dot, dot. And the Angels lost their third straight game to the 102-loss no. Oakland A's. The Angels finished the season at 73 in 89, despite another outstanding two-way season by Otani and Trout being Mike Trout. 33 games out of first place. Just to add a little bit of insult to injury, the A's, who went 60-102 and 102 this year, Joe, sweep them to end the season in that 3-2 to two win yesterday, was powered by Steven Vaught, their catcher. Notable because he's retiring. Also mm-hmm. notable because he had his kids on the PA yesterday announce his at-bats. Oh, Do we have both ador- of those clips? Ador- adorable. Cox. Now batting. Now batting. Our dad. Number 21. Steven Vaught. And Steven Vaught once again has made an impact. And he drives one. Hit well. Steven Vaught leaves the yard. In his last game. And look at him dance around the I was going to say, what you can't see is him oh, hopping and skipping around the bases. Very kid-like. Very cool moment. As the A's tweeted out, Joe, your favorite. How could you not be romantic about baseball? Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. All right. Jillio, I'm going to ask you a question because it's completely out of context of what you might know. Okay. So there's a new Mario movie coming out in April. If I told you that one of your favorite comedians, Sebastian Maniscalco, is going to be a voice in the Mario movie, who would you think he'd be? Either Mario or Luigi. Incorrect. You cannot do a movie now unless Chris Pratt is in it. Oh, okay. So Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, what's-his-face from Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and countless other movies. Parks is, and Rec, yeah. Yeah, Parks and Rec, is the voice of Mario. Okay. They dropped the trailer today. People have been anticipating what this was going to sound like. Is it just going to be Chris Pratt as Mario? Is he going to try to be like Charles Martinet? who's the voice of Mario in the video games. He's the guy who goes, it's a me, a Mario. Okie dokie. I can do a Mario. I can do a mean Mario. But here is the trailer. Here is Chris Pratt's brief audio snippet as Mario. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. That sounds... It's like Chris Pratt doing a New York accent. Right. That's what it sounds like. It sounds New Yorkish. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> Like, that's the only thing that Mario doesn't say in the trailer. <laughs> Wasn't Captain Lou Albano Mario's voice at one point? At one point. Uh, one also, of those cartoons. Also, Dennis Haskins was okay. the, the Mario in the, in, the, in the first Mario movie that starred John Leguizamo. Yes. Uh, I think uh, Anthony Hopkins was 
was it Hopkins? Was it was it Anthony Hopkins as Bowser in that movie? In the original? Yeah, it was class a, in the joint up. Dude, man. it was a weird movie. Okay, imagine imagine being a kid at the height of Nintendo with Super Mario and they make this live action Mario movie and it's gritty. It's the strangest thing. Anyway, so Chris Pratt's the voice of Mario. Uh, Charlie Day, he's from uh, Always Sunny, I think. Yeah, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, he's the voice of Luigi. Jack Black is the voice of Bowser. So where's my boy Sebastian Maniscalco? He is the voice of Spike. Spike is one of the ancillary bosses. Oh. No, he's not. He's he's like a big Koopa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's like a lieutenant with the yeah. things on the back on the Spike shell. S- sort of, yeah, sort of. Okay. So, yeah, he's a, he's usually he's one of the mini bosses. I've played way too many Mario games in my time. If I don't get it to me, a Mario, I'm going to be really upset. Also, Donkey Kong apparently has a voice. Has it's, to, yeah. And it's voiced by Seth Rogen. And Keegan-Michael Key will be the voice of Toad. Okay, which, so this is an animated project with it, yes, celebrity voices. With celebrity voices. Okay, I prefer that to, yes, the dark, grimy. Did you ever see that original Mario no. movie? <laughs> Dude. And you know me, I love Mario. You need to, oh, that's right, there's a difference between you and me. You say Mar- you say how do you say it again? Mario. Mario. I say Mario. I put I put an emphasis on that. Ah. Like Mario. You say Mario. Mario. Hey. hey. Next up. Who you got in the Warriors fight, Joe? You got Draymond <laughs> Green or Jordan Poole? <laughs> they got into a scuffle yesterday at practice. Some punches or were attempted to be thrown. According to Yahoo. The, there is some beef between Green and his teammate, Poole, yeah, yeah. from the NBA champions last year, of course, uh, because Poole is getting a contract extension and Green is on the prove it year. The you, you, We're going to need you to prove it again, Draymond, because the four titles that you've helped us win isn't enough. That's, that's what's at the heart of this apparent dispute between the two. I, Green uh, apologized today, I think, because it sounds like he was the one who was the instigator in practice yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this all came down to that Poole's going to get paid. Right. Um, and Green, Green is on his way out. You know, like his big paydays as a declining player. What's, what's, what's Draymond Green now? Like 32 years old? So he's, you know, his time with the, uh, his time with the Golden State Warriors is, is coming to a close. 32, yes. I Look, man, that's that's how Draymond lives. And I think we also understand that in the sports world, it's a little bit different than the real world in how these things are handled. Like, didn't we just spend... I'm not trying to put Draymond Green on the level of Michael Jordan, but we sat here and we were like idolized Michael Jordan for punching a guy, right? Steve, Steve, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Warriors. <laughs> you say Steve, I'm going straight to Steve Smith. Oh, okay. Steve Smith. Look, Steve Smith got into tr- training camp fights, and it's like people love it. All right. So I, if you, if you and I got into a disagreement, and it resulted in a punch, how do you think that's going to get handled here? I, I fear for my longevity. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. I like how it's assumed that you would be the one punching me. Right. Hashtag yes. content. Right? Yeah. If I was punching you, yes, it would end up as a TikTok. You know, we did have a slap bet payoff today, though, we on did. the Twitters. We did, but that was part of content. I'm talking about, like, a legit fight. I don't like know. You Ray, and I in the, Ray's hit Mikey know, Wall pretty hard. But, like, you and I, back in the cubicle, we get into an argument about Barry Bonds yeah. and, and Aaron Judge, and it boils over, and you decide to strike me. How do you think that's going to play out? 
my employment status would probably be terminated. Yes, probably. Yeah. And same Likely. applies. And same applies to me. If I was to punch you, that'd be the case. But that's I, not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> they would go. How do hmm. how do Ovi's his podcast numbers look? <laughs> They're not good. Ah, get rid of them. So, <laughs> but in a real, that's the real world. In sports, man, they'll hash it out. They apologize and then they move on with their lives. Yeah, but we treat this like it's the real world. It doesn't work no, that way, not. man. It doesn't work that way. Next up, number two. So we got lawsuits. Lawsuits. One of two. The New England Patriots, according to a lawsuit, caused irreparable damage to a U.S. flag that was signed by Tom Brady by improperly displaying it in the team's Hall of Fame at Gillette Stadium. This is what the flag's owner contends in this federal lawsuit. He contends that that the flag's value has been reduced by as much as a million dollars as Patriots spokesman told ESPN that the team had no immediate comment. The flag, described as a priceless piece of sports memorabilia and historical, flew over the now-closed Foxborough Stadium on December 22, 2001. Daniel Vital, 42, of Hampstead, New Hampshire, bought the flag in 2020 as an investment. Quote, I'm a diehard Patriots fan and I've been for 40 years. The flag was so significant to me because it was right after 9-11 and it was the last regular season at Foxborough Stadium. He lent the flag to the Patriots Hall of Fame in June of 2021 after being assured it would be cared for properly. He wanted it back a couple months later because he thought it might skyrocket in value as Brady was getting ready to retire. But it looks like the lighting at the Hall of Fame and the glass they used to display it were not designed to protect autographed sports memorabilia. You would know this because you're a card guy. If you don't keep these things properly oh. stored, that ink can fade. And quickly. Just look in our hallways here. We have a it's a JJ Reddick autograph, right? Yeah. It's basically faded. Raymond Felton too. Like mm-hmm. he, he got, it's weird. Like you buy these things and you probably want to keep them like in a almost like a humidor and keep them covered and you basically you only take them out like once or twice a year to to show your friends maybe it, it's unfortunate the way that that's how it happens but it's true so the other lawsuit do you know where texas pete is made i do know this because it's winston-salem yes it's made in winston-salem Cream, texas pete but a man staples a man in los angeles california did not know that is upset that Texas Pete is not made in Texas, and nor is it a Texas hot sauce, and it's made in Winston-Salem, so he filed a federal class action lawsuit over it. This is what it reads. By representing that Texas Pete brand hot sauce products are Texas products when they are not, defendant has cheated its way into market-leading position in a $3 billion (laughs) hot sauce industry at the expense of law-abiding competitors and consumers nationwide who desire authentic Texas hot sauce and reasonably but incorrectly believe that what they are getting is not from that when they purchase Texas Pete. By way of its false marketing and labeling, defendant knowingly and intentionally capitalized on consumers' desire to partake in the culture and authentic cuisine of one of the most prideful states in America, end quote. At any point when you've had Texas Pete, do you think, ah, yes, I'm about to consume Something from Texas. And why exactly would that matter? Don't know. Okay. Do not know. Next up. 
the number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. Oh, real quick, I'm getting all my names of actors confused. Uh, it was Bob Hoskins who was Mario in that old 90s ladies okay. film. And it was, well, you did say that. I said Dennis Haskins. I don't know why I oh, said okay. Dennis Haskins. Uh, Dennis isn't, Haskins. That, isn't that the, the Mr. Belding? Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why it was Mr. Belding was on the brain. No, Bob Hoskins, who, was in, who framed Roger Rabbit, and Dennis Hopper was Koopa. Still classing it up. Yeah, definitely classing it up. Number one story wow. of the day. I just pulled Mr. Belding out of my... My rear. That, that was impressive. Top story of the day is that the Carolina Panthers are not great offensively. And guess who the next opponent is? One of the better defensive teams in the league. We'll discuss next. Preseason's wrapping up. Canes will start the season at PNC Arena on Wednesday. We'll be out there at PNC Arena from 3 until 6. We'll have some fun, fun and games for you. Could be giving away Arctic tumblers, free T-shirts, all sorts of goodies next week out at C- outside PNC Arena. So drop by and say, hey. But the top story of the day is the other professional team in the state of North Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. They're getting ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers. As bad as the Panthers' offense has been, their next opponent is not really ripe for a get-right game. The San Francisco 49ers are one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. The biggest issue for the Panthers right now is that the scratch-off ticket on Baker Mayfield essentially cashed in with a five dollar not even enough to get you another ticket just here's five bucks that's what baker mayfield has done and baker mayfield had moments of good baker and bad baker today how would you like to start would you like bad baker or good baker well let's start with the bad and and then end on a positive note okay so bad baker he gets a little little flustered from time to time he doesn't want to answer questions and he got a little testy when somebody asked him about batted balls, which is something he leads the league in since he entered the league in 2018. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Buda Baker's blitzing, so that's my answer. Uh, it's tough on Ian because Buda's hitting the inside on the blitz, so um, they're going to, you know, stem out. So it's tough on him. Uh, he just, because he knew that he wasn't going to get to me, he put his hands up and just a couple fingers off. Why not, why not try, try something new or change something or drill wide? If you got a drill for me, you can let me know. If you have a drill for me, you can let me know. What's it have to give you any suggestions? I mean, it, it's it's like staying in the pocket. It's finding windows to throw, getting their hands down a quick game. I mean, it's the same things I keep saying. You got a drill for him? There's plenty on Twitter for him. Yeah, a lot of pe- a lot of people were hitting him with uh, various things they can do to improve. Now, it, there's certainly a difference between playing in an NFL game and going through a drill. I will say this: yeah. the easiest way to solve some of these things is to design rollouts for him. There, there's nothing stopping Ben McAdoo from doing that for him. Yeah, and that's the part that is the most fascinating for me in the Carolina Panthers is that you're, they're trying to coach a team they want rather than the team they have. And and Baker Mayfield, who Ben McAdoo in the past has not been a fan of, well, he's your quarterback now. Make it work, all right? And if Baker Mayfield has a batted balls problem, well, you should do what other quarterbacks who are not exactly tall. They're not, not out there as 7'5 French Basketball players, okay? Russell Wilson's able to get through this. Sure. Drew Brees was able to get through this. What's your problem? Work around it. And that's clearly a Ben McAdoo problem, which we'll get to in a little bit. But that was bad Baker. Here's good Baker, who did not handle himself well when he was asked about getting booed at Bank of America Stadium. Paraphrasing here, 
But when he was asked about getting booed late in that game, his response was, well, we did put up six after I got booed, right? What's that supposed to mean? Are you, are you telling Panthers fans, hey, boo me all game, and then maybe I'll put up 50-some-odd points? Like, that's not how it works. Today he was asked about the critical reaction to this season so far, and he handled it a lot better. Completely fair. Um, I'll take that any any day of the week. You know, we just we just have to be better. You know, I I've said before. You know, I pride myself on being a guy that elevates the guys around him and being able to uh, lead at an extremely high level. And obviously, that has not happened yet. So um, I'm working really hard on that. And uh, you know, it starts with me just doing my job the very best I can, and then going from there. So um, yeah, I'll take a lot of blame for that, and then I consistently will. So that's Baker Mayfield, good Baker, on the way people have been critical. And Ben McAdoo's been hearing it, too. He talked to the media today, and I thought he handled the criticisms of the offense so far, which has been near the bottom of the league, as well as he could. I was brought in here to make a, an impact, right? And it hasn't happened yet. Um, now, that doesn't mean we're discouraged or, you know, it, it's we're four games in, right? So we got another game this week. Uh, and we're excited at the opportunity that we have this week, and we have a tremendous opponent coming in here this week. And we're just going to keep working at it and throwing effort at it. And, uh, you know, I think we have a tremendous locker room um, and a tremendous coaching staff, and uh, we're just going to keep plowing away and plugging at it. But uh, if anything, you know, I'm motivated uh, and I'm excited, you know, to keep working with these guys and, and get this thing to improve. So that's Baker Mayf- well, that's Ben McAdoo on how the offense hasn't played out the way they thought. And the, the problem that I think most people are having, Julia, watching the Panthers is that they seem to have some pieces. We get that the offensive we get that the offensive line is an issue, but again, yeah. they're not alone in having a team with an offensive line problem. By the way, buried in all of the Panthers problems, Iki Aquano has gotten better yes. as the season has progressed. So they might have gotten that draft pick right. So the question is, what do you, what are you guys doing? Why do you keep trying to fit the square peg in the round hole? I think this is a matter of they needed to see these pieces together in the preseason. They needed more practice time together, and instead we got split reps in the preseason at quarterback. And instead we got, hey, we got to rest Christian McCaffrey and and DJ Moore in the preseason. Now, I'm not saying you you play all three games and you give the guy a 20 carry workload. Um, but even in the first couple of games of the season, we haven't seen really Christian McCaffrey utilized in a way. We definitely haven't seen DJ Moore utilized mm-hmm. in a way. And my guess is what, why you've seen Robbie Anderson kind of be the favorite target of Baker Mayfield is that's who he was playing with in practice. That's who he was comfortable with in those preseason reps that he got. And that's certainly an over, oversimplification, and I'm sure there's someone out there screaming, yeah, but... The Rams didn't have to play anybody in the preseason. Sean McVay never plays anybody in the preseason, but they made the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Because Sean McVay's a football savant. Matt Rule is a replacement level coach. Pure and simple. They don't make enough they don't make enough plays. The team isn't prepared. The team is certainly not prepared at the beginning of games. And if you want to hire Joe Brady on somebody's recommendation or because you thought whatever LSU's offense was cool mm-hmm. i'm never doing that though i'm he he flat out said oh i didn't know him before i hired him this is the nfl this is the most important position on your staff that you have if you're not going to call the plays joe it better be somebody you love and trust yeah. and know 
calling those plays. That was red flag number one. Then he fires him, jettisons him. Now he's in a position this offseason where who who's going to come and save your bacon? Mm-hmm. And and I don't blame Fitterer or even David Tepper for going and getting a, a coach like Ben McAdoo, sure. who has been a head coach in this league. I don't blame them for the thought process. I don't blame them for the Baker Mayfield thought process. What I do blame them for is this is year three, and they don't have the quarterback position settled, and they don't have a, a, a top-flight play caller. And if you don't have those two things in the NFL, then really you don't have anything. Two of those issues can be re- – actually, both those issues can go right back to the owner as well. Sure. David Tepper talked about having a plan. They moved on from Cam Newton when it was the right time to move on from Cam Newton. They get Teddy Bridgewater to literally be the bridge to the next guy. And rather than letting that play out with his contract, they got fed up, moved him out, and then made the move to bring on Sam Darnold as though that was going to be better than the experience with the Jets. Obviously, we know that that didn't go well. They got that wrong. And the deal they ended up pulling for Baker Mayfield was a real no-lose situation for them. It wasn't going to cost them a, a ton of money. And if it doesn't work out, well, you got your answer and that Baker Mayfield's not your future. But it just adds to the misses at quarterback you've done. Again, that gets back to David Tepper. The other thing that gets back to David Tepper is let's look at that first coaching staff for Matt Rule. You, I, your point about Joe Brady is valid. Like, hey, man, like this is your first head coaching gig and you're getting Joe Brady. Like, do you even know Joe Brady? Like, what's going on here? Some of that felt like David Tepper wanted to get the shiniest objects in the room to put together this Could all-star be. cast that get, gets you headlines. Like, oh, man, all right, I got the guy that the Giants wanted. I overpaid for him. Right. And I got way this, overpaid. And I got this other guy that was such a hot commodity that people were willing to give him a head coaching position after his first season with the Carolina Panthers. Right. Right. And Brady. And Joe Brady. So never forget. Or at least, at least interview. Yeah. Never forget that he was a hot coaching commodity after his first season with the Panthers, only to get fired the second season. So that to me is Tepper going after the shiny objects and trying to get the headlines rather than putting a good football team on the uh, on the uh, on, on the ice. On the football field, it's the one thing well, they I'll are give, on ice. Yeah, well, they, yeah, literally, that's the one thing I'll give Tom Dundon credit for for the Carolina Hurricanes. He understands if I go, if I put a good team on the ice, well, then the people will come. Speaking of which, Carolina Hurricanes are selling tickets to the outdoor game in bunches, and they've broken records. We'll discuss that and talk to Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, next. Over on WRALSportsFan.com right now, Brian Murphy's got a story on. The Carolina Hurricanes setting a ticket record for the outdoor game at Carter-Finley Stadium. Um, essentially, the team, the Canes, have essentially begged the NHL to get more ticket allotment. The Hurricanes sold out their original allotment of 18,660 tickets, which matches the number of seats at PNC Arena. And then the NHL, the Canes went to the NHL like, y'all, we need more tickets. So they eventually received three. 30,000 total tickets, which sold out very, very quick. And the anticipation for that game continues to rise, as does the anticipation for the start of the season. And head coach Rod Brennamore, Carolina Hurricanes, joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Rod, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? We're good, man. The hype the hype continues. You got a bunch of people excited for, uh, for the outdoor game. Uh, those tickets are going fast. You got opening night next week. And the Brent Burns show has landed in Raleigh as well. Just <laughs> what has his arrival for the team kind of done for you, done for the locker room, and the excitement around it so far with some preseason games? 
Well, hey, listen, he, he, we all knew what kind of player he was. Um, I mean, he's it's, it's kind of accolades speak for themselves. I mean, he's been in the league forever, and he, uh, you know, has been a great player for a long, long time. Um, but like I had, I didn't know him um, at all personally. Um, and then he showed up. And what I loved about it, he was really excited to get here. Like he wanted to get here, move his family in right away. They didn't even have a house yet. He was like, it doesn't matter. We'll stay in our RV. Like he, he just wanted to get here and get kind of going. And um, you know, he's just been great. Um, just obviously a great player. I think he's going to help our team on the ice quite a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a great fit off the ice, great teammate, extremely hard worker. So kind of everything you want in a player, and uh, lucky that we, we got him. Year five starts for Rod Brindamore, coach of the Hurricanes, Wednesday out of PNC Arena. You got some new faces. You mentioned one of them there. But I want to talk about Marty Natchez. I think sometimes, Rod, people forget that he's only 23. Uh, I, I liked what I saw in the preseason out of him. I'm, I'm sure you did the same. Just talk about where you think Marty is for this season. Yeah, well, we you know we've had him for a while, and I think that's why people kind of you know you forget. Right? Yeah, came in as a young young player, and uh, you know he, he has that wow factor for sure. And I think uh, that that's what makes him special. But I think you know he's maturing a little bit, and he's just I think he's just touching it where where he's going to be. You know, like he, we know he can do some special things, but it's that understanding how to play the game every shift. Because you, know, you don't always, you can't always go in there every shift, um, but you still have to, you know, be consistent with your game. And I think, I think he's, you know, gonna have a great year because I think he's starting to, to realize that. And um, you know, he's a, he's a, obviously an extremely talented player. And again, I think he fits in great with our group. When you have a talent like that, what? How do you try to unlock that for him, uh, especially at yeah. that young age? Yeah, it's well. It's like you said. He's but just turned twenty three. I mean, I got a twenty three year old still in college playing hockey, right? Like I get, you, you know, it's it's everyone kind of matures a little differently, and um, you certainly don't want to squish, you know, the, the, the that offensive gifts that he has, which he can skate and fly and can shoot and all that stuff. So you know, you try to make sure you keep pushing that, but just trying to make him understand about how important it is the the whole package. Uh, you know, because we're trying to obviously win the whole thing. We're not just trying to get him 30 goals. You know, like there's a there's a little give and take there, and I think I think he he gets it. And like I said, you know, another year or another off season in the gym that only helps um, get a little stronger and then just more confident and be in the league another year um, should just you know I think give him all the confidence in the world to have a have a great season. Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Canes start up the season next week. We'll be out at PNC Arena for that. Uh, catch me in my Hartford Whalers tank top. It'll be a lot of fun. Rod, you don't want to see that. So no. he, he would shame you, yes. No, I <laughs> Look, Rod, Rod knows me. I'm very comfortable with myself. It's perfectly fine. So – I am curious, now that you're entering year five and you're making these roster decisions and as things have kind of built up over time, you've added guys, obviously, to get you to where you want to be, but you're also developing guys as well. How how difficult has it gotten for you to make decisions? All right, which young guys stay? Which guys are going to the AHL? You know, you had Seth Jarvis last year who surprised. How do you handle this now? What's that situation like? Yeah, it's it, it can be, obviously – you know, tough. I think we're in a, a really nice spot, obviously, because we have a, a good team, and it's it's hard to make this team. So even last year with with Jarvie, 
we're not in a position maybe like we were years ago where our young guys might not have been ready, but they were better than what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so you shove them in, right? Uh, but right now, it's not the case. So last year, Jari earned it. You know, we didn't expect him to be on the team because we had good players, but he went out and played better than some of the guys. So it was like he earned the spot. And that's, that's what's great. You know, every coach wants to be able to say that. But the reality is sometimes – they don't have a choice. They're just, you know, we're just not that deep. Well, now we're we're certainly deep, so we don't need to force uh, any of these young guys up too early or earlier than they should. And and almost almost the other way, we've got I think some guys that can play that might not be able to crack the lineup just because we have uh, quite a bit of depth. Hurricanes coach Rod Brendamore joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. It's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, things easy to forget. Uh, Freddie Anderson was really good for you guys last year, but we didn't see him in the playoffs. Give us a just an update on where Freddie is physically. I know he's had the whole off season, but just maybe even mentally too. Yeah, I mean that does kind of get lost in that whole playoff run. That you know you, the reason we went out and got him was for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that, and then we didn't we weren't able to use him. And you know we all know you get to the playoffs, you got to have a healthy team because everybody's good at that point, and they're all fighting for the same thing. And you know that's just injuries that become a big part of it. So I'd love to. You know him to stay healthy this year. Obviously, Rance stepped up and, and played well for for us too. But I think Freddie, you know, another year or two, he understands that the you know time is is kind of slipping away too. At time, there, so he wants to make the most of it. And you know, he's got it physically. I know he's fine. He had the off season, and you know, I think he's hungry to just go out there and and give it another kick at it. And I know, I know it, it really. You know, it was hard on him not to be able to play there at the time of the year when you know everyone wants to play. You, as a player, you had to be patient to get your hands on on the Stanley Cup. As a coach, how how is your patience level? Because I'm sure you guys exited the playoffs before you wanted to last year after the regular season that you had. How long did it take you to kind of mentally square what happened in the playoffs? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. I've, I've got kind of two ways about it. You know, I. I you know, there's one way you just listen. If you do your best and you throw everything at them and it doesn't work out, you, you know, okay, that, that's all you can do and try not to. There's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, it doesn't really do a hell of a lot dwelling on it, figure out how to get better, you know, move on. Um, but it does eat at you for sure, especially with the group we had because I do know I've been in the league a long time and you don't get too many picks at it. When mm-hmm. you have a team that, you know, you feel is there, you certainly want to take advantage of it. Um, so, it eats at you, but listen, the best thing is you, right in hockey, it seems like the season's right, next season's right around the corner, and here we are talking about it, and, you know, the past is the past. Whether we had won or not, we wouldn't be really as irrelevant to what's going on, uh, you know, starting next week. Rod Brendamore, head coach, Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Uh, you already put up a banner, though, the, the Southeast kickoff 11 new champs I saw on uh, on social media the <laughs> other day. I was going, what are you talking about? We threw some banner up there. I was like, okay. No, 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 uh, no, no. The Junior yeah, Canes team, you, know. you guys put up a banner already. Come on now. That's right. We're already in the in, in the good the good graces here. Yeah, the little guys. <laughs> uh, I just dropped off my actually my little guy at the airport because they got a tournament in Buffalo uh, starting tomorrow. So I'm going to miss that one. But uh, lots of fun. That's the other thing about the trade with uh, Brent Burns that uh, the young kids love because his son plays on <laughs> 
on my my turn. Got a ringer. <laughs> we got we got we got two for we got a two for trade there. Um, he, he's he's a rock star, so we uh, we really like that trade. So he's, <laughs> Robert joining us here on the OG. You're not competitive at all, though. No, right? not nah. at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Enjoy the weekend.